Hello and welcome to another episode of Memento Malm Today. Throughout the history of modern horticulture, there has been extensive use of irises. Today we will cover the iris in terms of breeding new cultivars, ethnobotany, and some plant ID. Let's get started. The breeding of irises began when people began crossbreeding the species Iris aphyla and Iris pamela together. These species are native to central Romania where the species are native. This hybrid would in time become its own species, Iris germanica. As time went on, this would become the foundation stock, which would then be used, which would then be used to breed further varieties by crossbreeding with other species, many of which are worldwide. As a consequence, various classes of Iris have been bred. The first cultivar class we'll cover is the tall bearded irises. These are the primary foundation stock of our irises. These were made from selections of Iris Germanica, Manica, Iris Pallada, Iris Variegata, Iris Georgiana, and the hybridization between these species and cultivars. The miniature dwarf bearded Iris class was made by crossbreeding Iris Germanica and Iris Pamela, with layer crossbreeding between these hybrids and the Iris species, Iris Sovelans. This became the base for a bunch of our classes of Iris. The standard dwarf bearded iris are hybrids between miniature dwarf bearded irises and tall bearded irises, with layer additions of Iris pamela pedigree. Intermediate bearded irises were made by crossbreeding standard dwarf bearded irises with tall bearded irises. The border bearded irises were bred by making smaller selections from the tall bearded irises, and the miniature tall bearded irises are selections of diploid species and hybrids. One element of these domesticated forms is the gradual loss of disease resistance. The Romanian species Iris germanica, Iris pallada, and Iris variegata, as well as Iris georgiana, are currently declining in number and are on the endangered species list. To deal with this problem, Dr. Chrisan, the author of the paper I'm currently referencing, proposes the use of these species as breeding parents for disease resistance. This alongside other incentives would aid in the conservation of this wild species going forward. Irises also have a long history as a source of herbal medicine. One such species, Iris insata, or Ursa, is a common species that has historically been used for its rhizomes. These rhizomes have historically been used to make perfume and emetic medicine. Emetic medicine is medicine used to make people medicine used to make people vomit. Another species is Iris hookeriana. This species has been used to make deworming medicine. Iris and Seta has been historically used as one of the chief medicine plants in history. Dioscores made several recipes using this herb to create medicines to treat various diseases such as chronic ulcers, abscesses, insect bites, burns, muscle weakness, rashes, and dandruff. Another major contributor to the history of medicine within the Western world, Galen, was the first to suggest the use of Arsenceta as an emetic. Its intellectual successors in the Middle East, such as Avancina, would use this plant as a panacea. In the modern era, experiments have been done which found some evidence to suggest that this species can be used to make anti-diabetic medicine. These experiments occurred using rabbits with chemically induced diabetes. 
Another experiment did a folk chemical analysis of the various folk medicines of Ars and Seta. It was just a laundry list of the chemicals found in there, and as of right now, has no medical value. Analysis of each individual chemical, however, could lead to the discovery of new drugs to treat different diseases. Some preliminary studies suggest that, that Ars and Seta can be used to treat cervicitis and yeast infection. Although further research is needed to find the active ingredients to have that effect. Ours is a common gardening plant within many parts of the world. Due to the wide array of species involved in the pedigree of common arses, there's a wide range of cold hardiness within these cultivars. So choosing the best cultivar for your location is a requirement. Many of these cultivars are also quite fragrant, and if you like fra fragrance, like me, then fragrance would be a key important feature within these cultivars. However, most cultivars are only hardy down to zone 4, with zone 3 cultivars harder to come by, comparatively speaking. This brings us to Siberian irises. This species is consistently hardy down to zone 3, and in my experience, far more durable in the presence of drought and plant competition. I would speculate that this may be due to these cultivars being closer to the wild species than the common irises. I, however, have no means of, con of confirming whether or not this is the case. One of the trade-offs of using Siberian irises is the fact that it does not have any fragrance, but it's probably worth it if you're growing in a zone-free climate. Lastly, we'll cover some quick updates. Next week, we'll do a video on the effects of radiation on agriculture. This will be somewhat speculative, but based entirely on the scientific literature. So if you ever ask the question, how would a nuclear bomb affect agriculture? Stay tuned for next week for speculations regarding that question. And that all covers everything. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching this video. If you enjoyed this video, please like and subscribe. If you really enjoyed it and think you can donate, you can do so at buy me a coffee, link in the description below. Thank you for watching.